Eric Gordon is certainly in the back half of his NBA career, but is he going to be winding that down in Houston or is he going to be on the move this summer? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Wednesday, June 15th. This is a Locked On Hoosiers, your daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rood. want to thank you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Feels like it's been a, a while, certainly well over a decade, since Eric Gordon has been a Hoosier. He's played out a pretty interesting NBA career with the latter half of that in Houston. And now as he enters kind of the the final years of his career, it's going to be interesting to see if he is going to see it out as kind of a, a veteran leader in Houston or moving on to a, a contending team where he may be able to help and uh, get a ring at the end of his career. Those were questions I had for Locked On Rocket host Jackson Gatlin. We recorded a conversation uh, last week uh, talking about Eric Gordon, his career, everything of that note. So without further ado, let's throw it to that conversation. And as promised, I am now here with Locked On Rockets host, Justin, or excuse me, Jackson Gatlin. Jackson, man, uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, we were kind of talking about it before we started, but uh, how much fun is it? What's it like just having Eric Gordon uh, in Houston now for so long? So f- fun story here, and I, we're going to use the word fun a lot, I feel like, in, in this <laughs> podcast, because Eric Gordon, one, is just he he's a total fan favorite here in Houston. Everybody loves him. But one of the best things about EG and, and his time here in Houston, and, and I don't know if this started back during his college days. I don't know if he like developed this as an NBA player, but he is one of the most animated guys in the NBA when it comes to reacting to foul calls and just reacting in general, like over the course of a game. And he has given us so many like beautiful, like just like still captions, gif reactions and stuff over the years to where Rocket fans have started like accumulating these. And like, I remember there was this one time he reacted to a foul call, like a couple seasons back. And it's incredible because his face is just like, like just, Oh, like what? Like freaking out. <laughs> and the, the part that really sold it is I, I pulled the screenshot. And at the same time, there was an ad in the bottom right corner for like a Wendy's Baconator or something. And so it's just like <laughs> the entire ensemble of that little like moment is incredible. And Rocket fans everywhere have like folders upon folders of these EG reaction memes just saved. There are people who throw them into little compilations and do little like collages of them. It's truly a treat. And so that's just like one little facet of what makes EG such... <laughs> an amazing player that fans just love to cheer for, love to root for. And I mean, his time in Houston, he's, he's, if you look at like his time spent in Houston, there's probably an argument that he's like a top 20 all time rocket, like legitimately. Wow. That's, it's awesome to see him kind of establish those roots. I don't remember there being that many reaction gifts. Well, gifts definitely weren't even around when uh, he was at IU, but I don't remember that being a big part. Uh, it might be just that we have gifts and, and so much stuff like that now for people to capture it. But uh, it's been fun to watch him kind of establish himself in Houston. If we look back at, at last season specifically, the Rockets have kind of shifted to a 
more of a rebuilding um, type of philosophy, I guess, after competing for for so long. But Eric Gordon's been one of the few holdovers uh, during that time, I guess. What was his role this past season? And, and I guess, how did he perform overall for you guys? Well, EG, first off, has been an absolute professional throughout this kind of transition from what was the competitive James Harden era to, you know, the Rockets are, you know, the NBA life cycle. It's, you know, that, you know, sometimes you're at the top, then you're working your way towards the top. And sometimes you're at the bottom. And right now the Rockets find themselves at the bottom in the post James Harden era. But EG has been awesome through this entire experience. He's really kind of taken on more of a leadership role than he's ever had to do before in his career. He's had to be more vocal. He's taken on, you know, kind of taken on all these young guys under his wing, teaching them how to be professionals, teaching them the do's, the don'ts, like all this stuff. And the the impression, especially from this last season, uh, you know, around the team, around people who cover the team, is that EG is content with this role. Like he's he's happy. He is bought into the idea of you know, kind of stewarding these young guys as the Rockets are navigating the early stages of this rebuild. He's incredibly happy here in Houston. He's he's either just built, you know, about to build or just did build a brand new house here in Houston. So you know, you talk about establishing roots. He is very happy to be here. The Rockets are happy to have him as part of this organization. And when you talk about a veteran presence like Eric Gordon, he is almost the I, the perfect, most ideal vet to have around a young core like what the Rockets have right now because he impacts the game at a high level on both ends. And when you look at what he does offensively, he doesn't need the basketball to impact the game on that side of the floor, right? He's such an elite lethal shooter and he's got such ridiculous range that he just parks himself behind the three-point line and it's kind of you know I joked a lot last season that there were possessions where EG would just be like all right guys I'm here on the three-point line if you need me like just and they, they'd start running their sets they you know KPJ would run a pick and roll Jalen Green would get in the action and you know maybe something wouldn't work out so they've got like less than 10 seconds on the shot clock so it's just like okay what do we do uh Eric get over here it's your turn and he's like all right all right you know and he steps in you give him the basketball and he just bully balls his way into the into the paint for two so it, it's he is truly like the perfect veteran to compliment these young guys uh, you know to to kind of be there to help guide them as they're establishing themselves as, as NBA players it seemed i mean this might just be me but it seemed like he just the switch from being kind of this contributor to like the old guy on the team just happened so fast that I didn't even really realize it until um, kind of early on in the season when I was looking at how he was doing and looking at the roster and I realized, oh, he's like the oldest guy on this roster this season. And uh, it, it just came out of nowhere because it seemed like he was uh, in the Rockets were just in the middle of this competing and he was just one of those guys. So it's awesome to see and hear that he's kind of embracing that role and excelling in that role. And I want to just talk about his time in Houston as a whole. And as we've said, kind of making roots in Houston and the success he's had there here in just a moment. Before we continue talking about Eric Gordon, I want to tell you guys about the latest thing Built Bar has to offer. Uh, you know how our friends at Built are always coming out with amazing new flavors. Well, this time Built has truly outdone themselves with their mud pie flavor. Nothing says summer like some mud pies. Uh, for the first time ever, Built is introducing the new mud pie flavor in both uh, Built Bar and in Puffs. 
If you're not sure what mud pie tastes like, it's probably a little bit different than when you were a kid. Uh, if you're a chocolate fan, you better sit down for this. This new mud pie bar is rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate topped with cookies and cream crumble. Sounds absolutely amazing. My mouth is watering as is. You've got to try mud pie as soon as possible, and you need to hurry because the mud pie bar and mud pie puff are only available for a limited time. Visit Built.com to taste the deliciousness for yourself. Not convinced? Luckily, we saved the best for last. It's actually good for you. Really. All Built Bar products are high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories. Mud Pie is packed with 16 grams of protein, only 150 calories, and 8 grams of sugar. It's like your mom baked the most deliciously creamy, chocolatey mud pie and wrapped it up just for you. Like all Built Bars, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. You're going to love the new Mud Pie Built Bar and Built Puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late-night treat, or you just need to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Go to Built.com right now. Add that to your cart. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. The Ultimate NBA Mock Draft starts June 16th with over 50 insiders. Nothing equals the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. The Locked On NBA Big Board Draft Experts plus the Odyssey Insiders all pitch in on this one. First pick is June 16th. Search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and follow now so you do not miss a pick. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Now let's throw it back to this conversation with Jackson to talk about uh, how Eric Gordon has kind of established himself in Houston. So Eric Gordon came to Houston for the 2016-17 season. Uh, he had had a, I guess, kind of a rocky career, one that was kind of marred by injuries. Uh, and now, as you said, I'm a little bit surprising as someone who isn't a Rockets fan. He's a potentially a top 20 Rocket ever. I guess when you just look at kind of the totality of his time with the franchise, I guess what's just been the the experience overall with him? Well, I, I think, you know, if we go all the way back to when the Rockets first signed him, right, this was a completely transformational offseason for the Houston Rockets. They brought in Mike D'Antoni to be the new head coach. They were coming off of a very disappointing 2015-2016 season in which they had high hopes, high aspirations to, you know, replicate the success of the previous season where they made it to the Western Conference Finals for the very first time to face the Golden State Warriors. They got ousted in five games. That was the James Harden, Dwight Howard era Houston Rockets. <laughs> um, and then, the, you know, they, they completely just melted down the following season. So this was a, a new look Houston Rockets, no more Dwight Howard. And in that offseason, right, that was the offseason KD signed with the Golden State Warriors. So the power dynamics completely shifted in the NBA. And the Rockets had a ton of money to play around with because that was the summer that the NBA salary cap jumped up incredibly high. So they signed Ryan Anderson and... Eric Gordon. And at the time, the reception was a little lukewarm, honestly, because Ryan Anderson, while he had had some success in Orlando alongside Dwight Howard previously, um, and as just kind of a general like stretch four, it was kind of like, okay, what are we doing here? And then Eric Gordon, like you, like you said, like you alluded to, right, had struggled with some injury, you know, history, the consistency, all of that, you know, not to say that there wasn't flashes of the talent there, but oh, the yeah. health was a major concern. Came into Houston 
and immediately bought into the vision and the role for the team. That's why he won sixth man of the year that, that year. So if, if you'll remember uh, at that time, James Harden starting two guard, Patrick Beverly was the Rockets starting point guard and they brought Eric Gordon off the bench. And Mike D'Antoni presented that idea to him. He was like, Hey, I want to bring you off the bench. And EG was like, all right, I guess we'll do it. And that's what really made that team so potent offensively. And that's why that team at the time back in 2017, 2016, 2017 was the most potent offense in NBA history at that point Mm -hmm. with James Harden at the helm, creating for his teammates, all of that. So EG bought into that role early on and he had a lot of success that very first year, won sixth man of the year and was largely by and large the Rockets second best player on that team on any given night it was either Eric Gordon or Ryan Anderson as the Rockets second best player for that James Harden led squad and then that next year was the year where it really all kind of coalesced right they picked up Chris Paul Chris uh Eric Gordon was still in his sixth man role coming off the bench you have a gigantic you know three-headed dragon in James Harden Chris Paul and Eric Gordon at the guard spots And that team won a franchise best 65 games. They went to the Western Conference Finals. They took the Golden State Warriors to seven games, despite missing Chris Paul for games six and seven. And Eric Gordon was a huge part of that. He, throughout his entire NBA career, throughout his, well, throughout his entire Rockets career, I should say, has been the type of guy that steps up in those big moments that's been a huge playoff contributor and performer in the back-to-back years where the Rockets completely decimated the Utah Jazz in the playoffs, Eric Gordon absolutely locked down Donovan Mitchell. Like that's that's been the coolest part about EG as a Rocket is he's not just this borderline all-star level player on offense. He brings you like maybe not quite all NBA caliber defense, but for his size and for his position, he can guard multiple different players at multiple different positions and do it so effectively. And it's kind of funny, even now when, now that he's, you know, uh, the old man of the squad, there are sometimes some possessions where like the Rockets will be defending and they're like, EG will get switched onto a big or something. And like, you'll see like the little baby Rockets and like, do we go help? Do we do, what do we do? Like, do we, do we double? And EG just waves them off. Like go away. Like I've got this. Like, and <laughs> and then he'll get like, he'll completely shut down like a legitimate, like six, eight, six, 10 post player, just because he's so stocky and big for his position that they can't budge him off the block. And so it's just like the funniest little thing to see. They don't quite know what's going on yet. And EG's just like, I know what I'm doing. Leave me alone. <laughs> just one of those moments where he has to remind all the young guys that he still has it, even on uh, the defensive end of the court. Absolutely. I, I always found it fascinating just looking at uh, him statistically. Before he gets to Houston, uh, he averaged a little under five three-pointers per game. Comes to Houston, and then it's almost nine three-pointers a game uh, under Mike D'Antoni. How much did that system kind of um, just fit into the skill set he had and and help him have that strong run that included that six man award? Well, I I think Mike D'Antoni's system at its core, you know, definitely helps, you know, get the most out of really any player on the roster, especially role players. That's why you see sometimes guys have their, you know, best, you know, best years of their career under a Mike D'Antoni led system, because it allows you those, those types of opportunities to play toward, to cater and play towards your strengths. And that Rockets team, especially the very first version of it in 2016, 2017 under MDA, 
that was the team that like lived and died by the three every single game. They they took zero mid-range shots. It wasn't until the following season when they introduced Chris Paul that they finally had that kind of like that safety net, that safety valve of like, okay, the threes aren't falling. Where are we going to get our points from? Okay, Chris Paul can operate out of the mid-range and kind of, you know, coax us along a little bit until the three ball starts falling again. So for EG to have the type of system that they had where not only did they just prioritize the three, they prioritized deep threes, Jacob. Like yeah. this was, I mean, in, in Rockets practice, and it, this is more commonplace now in today's NBA, now that we're in 2022, but six years ago, five years ago, this was not a commonplace occurrence. In Rockets practice, they would put a piece of blue tape well behind kind of like if you're on the you know basketball court where envision where like the coach's box is and how you have mm -hmm. the first little hash mark of the coach's box the one that's closer to the three-point line they basically would put some tape on the floor around that distance so a good like four to five feet sometimes behind the three-point line and that's where guys like eg and ryan anderson would spot up on the wings on the perimeter for their three-point shots because the entire philosophy was to stretch the defense as far out as possible to open up these driving lanes for James Harden and for everybody else on the team. And for EG and, and subsequently Ryan Anderson, for those two guys to be able to consistently at the volume that they were shooting at and to shoot the percentages that they were shooting from that deep was so utterly impressive. And that's a big reason why that Rockets team had so much success. A lot of the pundits before that season started had the Oklahoma City Thunder rated as a better team going into the season than the Houston Rockets. People thought the Rockets were going to be like a bottom, you know, seven, eight seed in the West that year. And they wound up finishing third overall because of the production from, from guys like EG. It was a, a fascinating time for the Rockets, for the NBA, to see them uh, lean all the way into this um, just th three-pointers are at the rim, as you were saying, no mid-range shots, and and EG was such a huge part of that. Uh, his range has always been there, uh, even dating back to uh, high school. I watched him in high school knock down shots from near half court, so that's always been a part of his game, and uh, that's if anybody needed a four-point line, it might have been those, uh, those Rockets teams because they were – uh, bombing away with EG as one of those guys. I want to talk about his future and whether that's going to be in Houston now, if uh, he's going to stay in kind of that veteran mentor role or if he's going to move on to a, a competitor potentially here in a moment. So as much as EG might enjoy being the veteran mentor, it, it didn't stop him from being in trade rumors last season and uh, probably one of the biggest ones being with the Lakers and, and Russell Westbrook with John Wall and, and Eric Gordon potentially, but he was rumored all around. I mean, there's still value for a guy that can knock down three pointers. He hit 41% of them last season. Um, so I guess what is the expectation for him? He's going into technically has two years left on his deal, but I believe um, the second year is non-guaranteed. So I guess what's just kind of the sense of what his future is and if they're going to look to move him at all this offseason. Yeah, so while the Rockets organization isn't necessarily in a position where they are, you know, actively, desperately trying to unload Eric Gordon, because again, they are happy with the role that he's taken on to kind of help guide these young guys. If a team comes along with a solid enough offer for EG, I the Rockets would be 
would be fuel, fools to not at least like entertain the offer and, and to, you know, explore the possibility of moving him because at the end of the day, having a vet like EG around is great. And I think it was really important this first year for a lot of the rookies that they brought in for guys like Jalen Green, Alperin Shingoon, Josh Christopher. Like it brought in so many young guys. They had the holdovers from the couple, you know, the few young guys that they had last season. Kevin Porter Jr. still trying to, you know, establish himself as an NBA player, all of this. And, and the the way the timeline kind of worked out for the Rockets is so interesting because in that 2020-2021 season, which was the season where nine games in, they traded James Harden. And that was kind of, we don't really view that as the ground floor first year of the rebuild because that was kind of the transitional year. They they you know mm-hmm. they didn't know whether James Harden was going to stick around or not, and that was basically being stuck in limbo for the rest of that season. Then they you know they finished with the worst record. They picked up Jalen Green that offseason. This past season was the first year truly of the rebuild. And Eric Gordon was having one of the best seasons of his career. He was, you know, healthy. He looked good. He was, you know, the numbers were insanely good. And then he injured himself right. It was either right before or right after the all-star break. You'll apologize for not knowing all my facts completely straight off the top of my head, but he was playing against the Sacramento Kings and he actually had a groin injury, unfortunately. And this was just like two or three weeks before the trade deadline. And there was a ton of speculation that the Rockets were going to do their best to move on from Eric Gordon that season at the trade deadline. But because he had the groin injury, he wasn't like an asset anymore at that point, even though he was having an incredible season up to that point. So this past year, he was able to be healthy all season long. He sat out some games due to some, you know, uh, you know, groin tightness, whatever here and there, but mostly just maintenance stuff, no major injuries anywhere. And like you said, right, the numbers jumped off the page this season. He had a really impressive year and he's the type of guy that you could add him to any team seeking a championship and he's going to become an immediate difference maker. A lot of people pointed towards the Phoenix Suns and the fact that, you know, at times they, it felt like they didn't have uh, an adequate level of offensive production just between Chris Paul and Devin Booker that they maybe needed another ball handler, another playmaker. And Eric Gordon could have been that guy. Now the thing is the Rockets this past year up until the trade deadline were very adamant about the fact that they didn't want to bring back a first round draft pick that was for this NBA draft. They wanted future draft capital. And so that kind of tells you what the market was for Eric Gordon. There were teams that were willing to offer first round draft picks to trade for Eric Gordon, but nothing in the realm of a future first round draft pick past this current NBA draft. And so while I don't think Eric Gordon is being like shopped per se by the Houston Rockets, if there's a team out there that feels that they can, you know, utilize his services and is willing to, you know, give away an asset that is, you know, a bit further down the pipeline rather than an immediate turnaround, like, all right, it's this draft or nothing. I think the Rockets would absolutely entertain that. Cause like you said, he's basically an expiring contract this season because he yeah. has another year on his deal, but the, uh, the, uh, clause in his contract is that year does not become guaranteed unless his team wins the NBA championship. So at that point, <laughs> if a team trades for him and they win the title and they lock in another year of EG, like I feel like most teams would be okay with that. So that's one of those clauses where you're like, look, if it pays off, like we're totally okay being, you know, locked into another year, Eric Gordon, because we just won the title. So the Rockets aren't in that position. So he is effectively uh, on a one-year deal right now if you're the Houston Rockets. so And then any team that gets him, it is effectively a one-year rental unless you win the title, which is almost like a perfect position to be in if you're looking to trade for a guy of his caliber. I did not know that was the clause that yeah, uh, guaranteed it's a fun, the It's a fun little wrinkle. <clears throat> I think Al Horford had something somewhat similar this year, I believe, but that is awesome. And like you said, anybody that, that trades for him, if they win the title, they'll happily take a, another season. 
of Eric Gordon, because that also probably meant he was a contributor for them. And you kind of touched on it. I mean, is he still capable, you think, of being a contributor on a title winning team? Absolutely. Without a doubt. Like his his skill set is one that is going to continue to age pretty well at the NBA level. He's a guy that I think has, you know, definitely like three or four more probably really solid years in him before we start to see like a significant drop off because while he does rely on, you know, a first step, the ability to drive to the basket a little bit, he's much more of like a a physical player than he is like, you know, an explosive athletic player. That's not to say that EG hasn't had some impressive displays of athleticism because the fact that he's only, you know, he's a, he stands at a towering six foot four, like <laughs> when he, when EG dunks, it's kind of surprising. It's like he gets shot out of a cannon to go up and dunk. And so it's always like, like, Oh my God, Eric just dunked. Um, but that's not his game. Like he doesn't rely heavily and exclusively on the athleticism part of his game. He has gotten to this point where when he drives, like, you know, he drives in, he's got this strong upper body. He just bullies past guys and knocks them off and he's smart about stopping right at the rim and, and pump faking. And so I don't think he's a guy that, you know, as he ages is going to lose what makes him such a, such a great player. There might be some slippage defensively as he ages and maybe loses some of that lateral quickness, the mobility on that side of the floor, possibly. But even this past season, we haven't seen much regression. There were times where maybe he wasn't, you know, as invested just because, Rockets were the worst team in the NBA. And so he's not going to give 110% at all times on a losing team. But there were moments where, you know, when he's locked in, when he wants to be competitive, when the games are actually close and the Rockets aren't getting blown out by like 20, that where, you know, he's still the same old Eric Gordon that he's been for the last few years here in Houston. So he absolutely can contribute to, uh, you know, a championship caliber team. And whether that's as a starter, whether that's as like a spark plug off the bench, which is probably his better role at this point in his career, uh, either one, like any team would be lucky to bring him on. I would love to see him make an NBA finals compete for a title, but it sounds like he is just as comfortable being that veteran for the Rockets. So it's hard to complain if, if he's in a role he likes, let the pe- I appreciate you coming on. Let the people know where they can uh, find your work at. Absolutely. Well, you know, shout out to our amazing Locked On Network here. These crossovers are so fun, so unique. Uh, you, you can't really find this type of stuff, you know, uh, at other networks. But you can track me down. If you want to check out the Houston Rockets, if you want to find out what's going on with the rebuild, uh, I do Locked On Rockets five days a week. Uh, I'm also the host of Locked On NBA Mondays to get your week started off right. Uh, three biggest stories from around the NBA every single Monday. Uh, and you can track me down on Twitter at JT Gatlin for all of my Houston Rockets and NBA musings yeah that's been this has been one of my favorite parts about the locked on network is that i could go to the different teams that have iu players on them and get just a firsthand kind of feel for how those guys are playing uh again thank you a ton for coming on and uh really appreciate it and uh, best of luck to the rockets and i hope uh, eric gordon is is a part of the the future there and, and the success you guys will have absolutely jacob thanks for having me on Once again, big thanks to Jackson for coming on, having this conversation. I I really enjoyed being able to go to uh, the various experts and talking to them about uh, the specific IU players in general. Apologies, the end of that conversation. I was sick last week. I was trying to tough it out. It got to me at the end of it. I apologize for that horrible ASMR. I also, Monday's pod, 
I know it had some popping, some cracking in it. Uh, I got a new cord. I think that's taken care of uh, for this podcast. If it's not, I'm working on it. I'm aware of it. I apologize for you guys. I also want to thank you guys real quick at the end of this show. I think I mentioned it before. We were named Podcast of the Week this week for Locked On. I can't thank you guys enough. We've still been doing this for less than a year, and the fact that we were named Podcast of the uh, Week for the entire Locked On network is amazing. It's a... It's all to you guys. It's all credit to you guys for tuning in, for listening, for supporting the show. So on that note, if you guys can uh, subscribe to the show, leave a rating and review, tell a friend about it. Anything you can to help us continue to grow is greatly, greatly appreciated. But thanks again for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you on Friday. We're going to take a look at uh, the Big Ten as a whole for men's basketball where IU slots into that, if they are the favorites. Uh, so it should be a fun conversation. Now make your second listen, the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. Rafael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin give fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and, of course, big boards. Follow Locked On NBA Big Board every day in the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Again, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe if you haven't already. Leave that quick rating and review. Follow us on um, YouTube as well. Subscribe over there. We post every episode on YouTube as well. So thanks again, guys. I want everybody to have a terrific, terrific Wednesday and LEO.